Then he returned to his predictions concerning his death. In verse 16. In verse 20 he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. You shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. And he illustrated that truth with a woman who was in travail before giving birth to a child. That during that time of travail, there wasn't much joy. Yet that woman could look forward to the time when she would rejoice the birth of that child. And he promised, I will see you again. And your heart shall rejoice, and your joy shall no man take from you. He further taught them concerning his destination, namely that he was returning to his father. And he concluded his last teaching discourse with these words. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. All of this he taught them either in the upper room or on the way to the garden. It's a lot of teaching. And then in John chapter 17, no doubt they began to approach the garden. Jesus began to pray, and I can see him walking in the night perhaps leading the disciples toward the garden, and he begins to pray, begins to talk to his heavenly Father. Have you ever read John chapter 17? It's a beautiful prayer. He begins first, and it's like you would draw three concentric circles. In the first smallest circle would be Jesus praying for himself. And then as he enlarges his prayer, he begins to pray for his disciples. And then the last circle, he prays for all of those who will come to know him through the witness of the disciples and down through the centuries. Jesus Christ prayed for you. The last night before he left this earth, before his crucifixion, he prayed for you. And the Bible tells us that he's never stopped praying for us, that he prays for us in heaven today. He intercedes for us at the right hand of the Father. If Jesus is still praying and still interceding, ought not we also to be doing the same? And then he comes to the garden, and I want to outline it for you this way. There are three prayers, basically. Jesus made three trips. Let me kind of take you down that path tonight. There were basically two great periods of storm in the life of Jesus. One was in the desert. The other was in the garden. On both occasions, he came near to death. On both occasions, the devil was there. Satan was there opposing him and coming against him. Both occasions were marked by intense prayer and communion with his Father. Both occasions, he was basically alone with God. In John chapter 14 and verse 30, Jesus issued a statement to the effect that he was about to enter into mortal combat. And I wish you would read that with me. I want that to kind of characterize tonight and next Sunday. I want to explain it to you. John chapter 14 and verse 30, and then we'll go back to Matthew, but first John chapter 14 and verse 30. This is on the way to the garden, and Jesus says, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and he hath nothing in me. In that statement is a note of triumph. He was saying to those disciples that night, There have been many battles. I fought them all and won. And now there is one final bout, and I'll win it too. He was saying, Satan has fought me. He has tried every way in the world to turn me aside from this hour. He's come at me with everything. He's tempted me with all kinds of things. He has even come at me from my own disciples. He didn't say that, but it's true. He's saying, I have been in the world and I have been tempted to mortgage my soul. He said that night to them, Satan has no mortgage on my soul. Satan has no claim on me. 
Can you say that tonight? Can you say that with victory tonight? The devil has no claim on me. He has no mortgage on my soul, no lien against my life. Praise God, I am free, and I shall stay free. I'll not allow him one little corner in my life. I'll not allow him one hair of my head. He has no mortgage on me, no claim on me. Praise God. Hallelujah, church. That's the victory that we need to walk in. Give him no quarter in your life. Jesus could do it and his disciples could do it. We can do it.